0: welcome to Only One Truth. It's great to be back with you again today. We're in the local area of Louisiana, and we have a church here called Bethany. They have five different campuses. They've been around for over 50 years. I'm here with you today. I'm Pastor Don of Only One Truth, and this is one of my elders, Brother Cedric. And uh, we wanted to bring something to you, but I want to start this video out and let you see for yourself what's going on. Then we'll see, show you what's, going, what's really happening.
1: Talk a moment about what it means that our sins were laid on Him so in this room i know we have people who have barely ever sinned and then in this room we have people who are dirty rotten scoundrels and everywhere in between but i want you just to think for a moment about your life okay i want you to think about your secret life i want you to think about your thought world i want you to think about words that you've spoken that missed the mark and just for a moment i want you to realize that on that dark day Every single one of your sins was transferred onto Him. Not just the sins of yourself, but the sins of every person in the room that you're with. All of our sins were placed on Him. Not just 2022, but every year of human
0: history. Okay, what is He saying here? You need to pay close attention because this is really, really important. Two things He's saying here one is He's saying all your sins got transferred to Jesus. Is that really what the scripture says? Another thing is he's saying by what he's quoting, he's saying not only your sins that are past, but he's saying, saying your sins in the present and in the future. Well, what does the scripture say about that? Past, present, and future sins? No, it does not. Now listen, I went to that church 50 years ago and I was there with Brother Roy Stockstill, and I even took a pastor class, a preaching class with him. That church was nothing like this back then. It preached against sin. It didn't preach that your sin was transferred. It preached that of godly sorrow, of repentance, of crying out to God, turning from your sin with that godly sorrow and Christ forgiving your sin. Not that his sin was transferred to you. Jesus Christ did not become a filthy sinner in your place. He didn't. The Bible says that when Jesus was on the cross, in Hebrews chapter 9, and verse 14, it says he was a spotless lamb. He wasn't your filthy sinner. He wasn't full of your adultery, your porn, looking at porn, or anything else that we all did in our past. But he was spotless. He was a lamb of God that died, Hebrews chapter I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10 says the same thing. It says he was a sin offering. This is what the Bible says. Romans 8, 3 says the same thing. He was a sin offering just like the lamb in the Old Testament that it would take and it would slaughter the lamb. His blood would bleed so that their sins would be forgiven, not transferred to the lamb. Our sins were not transferred. Neither was our sins of the future forgiven. What does that mean to say that your sins are all forgiven and transferred? That means he, what he's saying, he's saying that Christ became a filthy adulterer, a child molester, watched porn with you, all those kind of things. Is, you, is that the way you're talking about my Jesus? Jesus was never filthy. Amen. He was a spotless name. And I have to confront these false doctrines. You need to get out of there. Amen. Because that man is talking about you, about your sin being transferred, that you're full of sin, and he's full of sin, and that you took his innocence, and you swapped places. Listen to what it's saying. Cedric, I'd never hardly hear something so
2: filthy. How can you sit in that pew and listen to that? Exactly. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, the Bible says that the the forgiveness of our sins, the remission of our sins are sins that are past. The Bible does not indicate that this is a future tense. The Bible does not indicate that at all. The Bible also says in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 9, the Bible indicates that we were purged from our old sins. Once again, it does not indicate any future sin. I'm sure right now you're probably already thinking that we have an advocate for those sins. And the Bible teaches teaches that in 1st John 2 1 and if you look at that in context along with 1st John chapter 5 verse 16 and 17 that's talking about sins that are not unto death we do not have an advocate for sins that are unto death or sins that are willful or purposeful we know that if we sin willfully after coming to the knowledge of the truth there remains no more sacrifice for our sins and along with what he's saying when you teach a doctrine that is as damnable or as dangerous as teaching that your future sins are forgiven even in the moment what you're teaching people is not to have the fear of God the Bible says that proverbs chapter 16 the fear of the lord is to depart from evil to depart from sin without the fear of god a person doesn't understand to depart from sin for salvation's sake if that makes sense
0: it makes plenty of sense, Cedric, and that's what the danger was going on. The Bible says in First Timothy chapter four and verse one, it says, Be- Beware because we live in the last days of seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Listen, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter five, verse nine mm-hmm. that Jesus is the author of eternal salvation. Yeah. Listen to this, to all that obey him. Jonathan says you don't need to obey him Mm. because Jesus already took all your sins, Mm. that you can disobey him and go to heaven. Matter of fact, he's going to come back later and talk about nobody obeys him. We're going to show you in the scriptures the truth, though.
1: And he became guilty for every wicked thing ever done. And to think that our guilt was transferred onto him, an innocent person, And he traded innocence for our guilt. And here you stand, having thought things you shouldn't think, said things you shouldn't say. All of us have sinned and fallen short. Anybody else out there? I mean, for sure. And to realize that it was all, my guilt was lifted and rested on him. And now I stand completely innocent. He says
0: that he's standing completely innocent in his sin. Jonathan, you don't even have salvation according to the scriptures. Again, Hebrews 5, 9 says that Jesus is the author of eternal salvation to all that obey him. You are professing that you do not obey him and that you're not guilty, that your guilt went on Jesus as if he's the filthy sinner. How dare you pass your sin on to him? Jesus died to forgive us our sin and to take it away so that we don't sin anymore. Amen. The Bible says in John eight eleven and John five fourteen to go and sin no more. Why are you making excuses for your sin? Putting it on Jesus. That's not right. The Bible's clear. It says in 2 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, those that sin, he says, you, if you sin, you don't even have God. And he says, don't even let somebody, if anybody doesn't preach this, don't let him in your house, and neither bid him Godspeed. You don't even have God. This is a shame. Wow, the scripture says after you've done everything that he has commanded. This is Luke 17, 10. Yes. After you've done everything you, that he's commanded. Well, you say, well, you can't do everything he's commanded. You say you don't even need to do everything he's commanded. But the Bible says after you've done everything that he's commanded, that's what you're supposed to do, Jonathan. Then say we're unprofitable servants. We're only doing that which, we, which our duty is to do. Amen. So what are you doing, People he will lead you straight to the pit of hell. That's where that doctrine is. Jesus didn't come to fulfill the doctrine of the devil that told Eve if you, you can eat the fruit and you won't die. That's what he's telling you. You can eat the sin, you can start, keep sinning, and you won't go to hell. That is a lie from the pit of hell. My Bible tells me in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. No fornicator, no adulterer. You'll find the same thing over and over in Scripture. Revelation chapter 21, 8. Galatians five nineteen through 21. Ephesians chapter 5, chapter 5. All over the place. Now, here's the thing, guys. I want you to listen closely. You know, Cedric, the Bible tells us. Correct. You know, because some people might might come to us and say, "Well, mm-hmm. why are y'all exposing him?" Correct. You know, the Bible tells us what, what, says. Ephesians
2: what? That's right, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11 to expose the works of darkness and not to have fellowship with them. The Bible also says in 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 20, it says that them that sin, rebuke before all. I don't want you guys to think that we are attacking a person. We know the scripture says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities and spirits and doctrines of devils. The Bible says in the last days that you will have doctrines of devils, so do not think that this is a strange thing for what we're doing. The Bible says that open rebuke is better than secret love in Proverbs 27.5. And so open rebuke and secret love, they both go hand in hand. Whenever a person is rebuking you, it's because they love you. Whenever a person is correcting you, it's because that they love you. And because culture has fixed itself in such a way today that it is showing that these people really don't love these people. Listen, I was best friends with some of the people that are closest at Bible College, at Bethany Bible College. I was very good friends. I was in the dorm rooms. I had conversations with these pastors. I had conversations with these leaders. There's conferences that that I've been to in the past that they've actually had people come into those conferences teaching these damnable heresies. And these things were not taught years ago. But until recent, these things have been brought in. When I first started going there to Bethany College, I did not hear these things. But over over the period of years, I started to hear these things, especially when he was going there 50 years ago. These things were not so. But while I was there, I was good friends with Tay Governor. Him and I were having some conversation we were talking about a few different things about repentance, about salvation, walking in obedience, walking in holiness. And he had no problem with those things. But yet he was telling me this one question. Can you love God more than you love God right now was one of the questions that he proposed to me. And at that time, I did not know exactly what to say, because I know the Bible says in John 14, if you love me, You will keep my commandments is what Jesus says. So if I'm loving him with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, how can I love the Lord more than I'm loving him right now? If I'm loving him with all of my heart, mind, soul, body, and strength. And if I am loving him with all my heart, mind, soul, body, and strength, then there is no provision for the flesh because I'm loving the Lord with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Look,
0: look, we're not just speaking because we're some outside source here. I went there 50 years. I was under Roy Stockstill. I heard what he preached day to day. I went to the pastors. Class. Yes. He was there four yes. years ago, yes. recently four years ago, and yes. he heard what was going on there. We see what's happening, and we're here to warn you. You need to get out of there. Listen, Jonathan Stockfield is not even qualified as an le- elder, leader, preacher, and pastor. He's not qualified. You say, well, why do you say that? 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2 says, The requirements for an elder is the first thing he must be blameless. That's first on the list, brother Cedric. He must be blameless. If you go to Titus chapter 1, verse 5 through 9, it says he must be blameless, holy, and pure. So is he blameless, holy, and pure? He admittedly says, you heard him say it, that he sins. He says we all sin. What he's trying to do is he's trying to put it on Jesus. He's trying to put it on Jesus. Well, I'm sinning. I'm just
2: putting it on Jesus. And that's I'm actually, forgiven. And there's actually no coincidence is because when you teach these sorts of doctrines and what, you, what happens is they, they produce these different people of walking in these different things. And so when you're teaching that you're going to always sin, when you're teaching that you're born with a sinful nature, when you're teaching that your past, present, future sins are forgiven, what you have is leaders that are leading your B groups yes, that are addicted to pornography. Yes, sir. How do you know that? Because there were counselors, people that were leaders, leading these b groups that have come to me and i have no need to state their name but leaders that were coming to me cedric i need help i need deliverance i need counsel so that i can be delivered from pornography you are a leader of a b group does your pastor know what you're dealing with? They have no idea. I personally went to Cameron Wiggins, who was the lead pastor of campus in Livingston Parish. I mentioned this to him personally, that this is what was going on. This campus pastor had no idea what was happening in his youth group. No idea what these people were going through. And that's exactly what I'm saying. When you teach these kinds of doctrines, it produces these types of behavior. And it's no, no coincidence when you hear these things come out of people's mouth and come out of people's lives because it tracks back to what they're being taught.
0: Wow, wow, that's just just so powerful. And this is the result, guys, of that kind of teaching, Mm. that kind of doctrine. That don't, don't kid yourself. The Bible says in John eight twenty one mm-hmm. that if you die in your sin, you go to hell. If, if you, that's not enough for you, then go to Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. It says, the righteous don't sin. Warn mm-hmm. them. The righteous don't sin. Sin needs to stop in your life. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to start preaching against sin again. Mm-hmm. These churches, they don't do it anymore, Cedric. They, they, just, they just preach an excuse for the sin. Mm-hmm. Why not do what Jesus said? Praise Jesus Lord. said, go and sin no more. Why are you making excuses for it? Just do what he said. The the, the scripture says in Luke 6.46, he says, Why do you you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that I say? Why don't you just do it? Can you do it? Well, you always quote, Philippians four thirteen, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You'll quote Second Corinthians two fourteen that says that I'm more than a conqueror. You'll quote Romans chapter eight that says he's he's made us a more bo- overcomers. Him. He's great overcomers over sin. Or First Corinthians fifteen that says thanks be to God, which yes. gives us the victory. Yes. Why don't you have the victory? Hallelujah. You know why? Because you haven't done the, what Jesus said to do. He said he said to follow my instructions. Mm-hmm. He said if any man enter in. He must do it lawfully, according to the way that God said to do it, and that's through godly sorrow, a brokenness over your sin, not staring at the at the cross and saying, well, I'm, I'm just good. I just receive and believe and go on. No, a godly sorrow, brokenness, a broken and contrite spirit, he says in Isaiah 66 too, he will not cast out. So you know what? You need to have that broken spirit. You need to confess and forsake your sin, as it says in, in the book of Proverbs 28, 13. Confess and forsake it. Forsake it. That's what repentance is. Jesus said in Luke 6. 13.3 and 13.5, he said, unless you repent, you will likewise perish.
1: Let's go further. It's a little crazy and far out there that all of my guilt could be ra- put on his shoulders, but to realize that I stand up here completely innocent because he became guilty. And he Jesus. tipped open the glass of sin and drank it all the way to the bottom.
0: Cedric, that, that just breaks my heart that you would put that on Jesus mm-hmm. and call, tell him he's guilty of looking at porn. He's guilty of committing adultery. That's what he's saying. But mm-hmm. he's saying, you're putting your guilt, you're putting your sin on him. He's guilty of all that. Jesus is not guilty. He died Jesus did not do that. Neither he's did he spotless. take your sin to do that. He offered a way for you to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. For there's no forgiveness outside of the, the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you, to be forgiven, there must be godly sorrow. If there's no godly sorrow, no brokenness in your heart, you can't, you can't have forgiveness. He said, he said that. He said, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There has to be that brokenness in your heart. But to put that on Jesus and say, he's guilty. He's guilty. If Jesus, let me tell you something real straight. Just give the scenario. If Jesus hung on that cross for your sin, in other words, he hung there as a filthy, guilty sinner, he would still be suffering in hell for eternity. You say, why is that? Because that is the penalty for, your, for sin. If you die in your sin, where do you go? You go to hell for eternity. If he dies in your sin, guess what? He goes to hell for eternity. But he didn't die in your sin. Praise Don't listen to what this man is telling you. He's lying to you. He's talked you into that you're saved, and you're not even saved. That's right. Because you're not following the instructions of Jesus. You're following the instruction of Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan is not even supposed to be a preacher. He's not even saved, according to what the Scripture says, because he said the, that Jesus is the author of eternal salvation to all that obey him. He doesn't obey him. He said he doesn't obey him. And the reason why he says this well, is the point and all this stuff, because we know, statistic is, 50% of people like him, pastors and teachers, they call themselves that. They're not pastors. They call themselves that. They're hirelings. They're building their own kingdom. Over 50% of them look at porn on a regular basis. This is the product of what you get
1: from that kind of false doctrine. Mm-hmm. It must stop. Praise God. 21 says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Psalm chapter 103, verse 12 says, He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. Micah chapter 7, verse 19. Once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean.
0: Okay, 2 Corinthians 5.21, he's really not quoting correctly. That scripture there where it says, it, it says there, for he hath made him to be sin for us. That really is that word when he's talking about made him to be sin, he made him to be a sin offering for us. You'll find that same thing in in like I said earlier in Hebrews 9:14, Romans chapter 8, verse 3, and Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10. He was a sin offering. He did not become a filthy sinner. Yes. And that's what he's trying to tell you. And yes. He removed thy sin. When? When you repent. Correct. When you turn from your sin. All your past sin is gone as though you'd never sinned before. But your future sin, if you sin in the future, then you've repented of your salvation. Listen to the scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse, uh, verse 9 and 10. You need to listen to this. It says, actually, verse 10 and 11. Yes. He says, he says, Godly sorrow leads to repentance, repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. What does that mean, not to be repented? It means you don't go back to sin. people, if, if the, Jesus had gone to the man in, in, uh, in the book of uh, John, chapter 5, verse, verse 14, when he told the man that had been at that place for, what, 38 years, mm-hmm. he was sitting there trying to be healed. Jesus goes up to him, and he, tell, and he begins to talk to the man. And I'm just going to cut the story short. Long story short, he tells the man, he says, rise up and walk. The man was healed instantly. Jesus told him this. Now, I want you to listen closely. Go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Now, what if the man would have said, hey, forget it. I don't want to be healed. And Jesus said, what's the matter? He said, you told me to go and sin no more, and I can't. I'll always sin. I'll always mess up. Can't you just cover my sin with, with, with you, and you just cover it up, and you, you, you take my shame and my guilt and my sin? No, Jesus said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. You see, if you didn't stop sinning, a worse thing would have come. He might have thought, man, I don't want a worse thing than this. I'm so afflicted now. If it's going to be worse than this, I'll just keep what I got. Do you see what it's saying? And don't come back into me. And I hear some of you saying, oh, well, that's old covenant. No, it's not. And let me tell you why it's not. Matthew 28, 8, 28 19 says, Jesus came back after his, after his death, after his resurrection, which makes it the new covenant because the de- new, a New Testament does not play ta- take place till the death of a testator. He had died. He had resurrected. He came back to his disciples. He said, go and preach this gospel. What gospel? The gospel he taught them. To all nations teaching them to obey everything i commanded you so guess what he was commanded that man to go and send no more he's commanding you to go send no more hallelujah. don't you let them tell you that you can do, you can go sin and god's going to take your shame he's going to take your guilt he's going to take your sin it won't happen that means lying to you yes wake up
2: hallelujah you know, what
0: paul, you know paul said that he said wake up first corinthians fifteen thirty four. look at it wake up don't be deceived wake up and quit sinning paul said that paul the man who also said in philippians chapter 3 verse 15 he said for
2: as many as us as be perfect let us be dust-minded to walk in that hallelujah and you may say to us you may say well have you gone to these people Have you you even talked to these people? Doesn't the Bible say in Matthew 18, if you have a fault, to go to the person? Yes, we've actually gone to these people. And if you like, you can click a video here up top, and you can see the interview that we had a while back and two years ago concerning the interview that we had with Bethany Bible College, if you wanted to look at that video. However, at that time, we were talking to these people one-on-one direct, I mean, precept upon precept, line upon line, everything that they believed, everything that was being taught, we directly spoke with them. Not long ago, every Saturday, this ministry goes out and we preach the gospel. We preach open air, we street preach. On Saturday, we happened to run into Pastor Rob. Pastor Rob is a, is a pastor here at Bethany Church. He was not qualified to be a pastor at all. 1 Timothy 3, 2, as he mentioned before, you must be blameless. Pastor Rob had a problem with the doctrine in which we were preaching, which is holiness. Jesus said that in, in Hebrews 12, 14, without holiness, no man's going sure. to see the Lord. Pastor Rob does not see it that way. He believes that you're going to always sin it and nobody is perfect. That's what Pastor Rob believes. And so we happened to run into him at this area as well. And I was trying to bring this to his attention and he was not open to hearing what I had to say. I also ran into Pastor Wayne, Pastor Wayne Brown a couple of months ago. They had an event downtown Baton Rouge and I said, Pastor Wayne, nice to meet you. My name is Cedric and I've met you before and I want to speak with you about a few things. And I like to, you know, hence my discerns, my concerns here at Bethany Church of what I've had over the years and try to present these things to him in a reasonable way for him to consider the word of God, go back and rebuke these doctrines that are being taught at this church. Amen. I also went to go and I ran into Pastor Hank. I don't know why, but somehow the Lord has been having me to run into different Bethany pastors over the period of three to four months now. I've ran into Pastor Hank. I went to Pastor Hank. I said, listen, I want to also bring these things to your concern, to, to your to your attention of what be, what is being taught here at Bethany Church. I was told by Pastor Hank, you have your beliefs. We have our beliefs. That's what we believe. This is what you believe. However, I do agree with you that we must stop sinning. However, I am not going to leave my church. I went to Pastor Hank and I said, listen, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 18, verse 4, that they were a partaker of their sin. And if you don't come out of her, my people, you will be a partaker of their sin. What they're do you plagues. mean? Because they're plagues. Because you cannot be a partaker in the church of what they're teaching and what they're believing, and you're not partake in the plague or the consequence of their sin. You have to come out. That is the danger. And You may say, I don't believe those damnable heresies. I'm walking in obedience. But yet you are partaking, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and yet you are supporting, and yet you are financially supporting this ministry and this organization. You are a partaker of the sins of this ministry because of what they're teaching. So I urge you, if you are a partaker of them, if you are a member, you are a college student, you are a financial giver of this ministry, to stop at an instance and to remove yourself from this ministry at once.
1: Mm -hmm. News of the gospel is that anyone who will stare at that bloody rugged cross can have their sins lifted and placed on Him. This is the beauty of the cross. This is the power of the cross that you are. So
0: you, now you get saved by staring at the cross. Really? Where, where's that scripture? Can you possibly show me that? There's no such scripture by you staring at cross that you get saved, like he just said. No, you must repent. This is all being left out of, this, out of this so-called church now. It breaks my heart because I, I, I went there 50 years ago. I've watched this over and over. down. they got five campuses and they preach in false doctrine. It's
1: horrible. Guilty of your sins, but it's been laid upon him. How does it feel to be an innocent person? How does it feel to be free of sin? This is the word of this first cup.
0: How does it feel to be innocent when you're guilty? Is that what you're saying, Jonathan? That's what you're saying. You're saying because of Christ, you swapped places, and you took on his innocence, and he took on your sin. So now you're telling the people that you're standing up there innocent, and you're saying you're sinning. You're telling them that they're free. Would would you please, if if you're there and you have a Bible, look in John chapter 8. Because that's where Jesus was talking about being free. Let's see what Jesus said about being free in comparison to what Jonathan says to be free. Because we got two different things. Either Jesus is lying or Jonathan is lying. Even we can stare at a cross and be saved or we need to really repent and really get free. In John chapter 8, Jesus does say, in whom the Son sets free, he's free indeed. He was asked, well, what is he talking about? He said, free from sin. So there's your point. Now, I want to go to verse 34 in that same chapter, and look what Jesus said to them. Verily, verily, I say to you, whoever commits sin is the servant of sin. You are a slave to sin. Jonathan, you said it has nothing to do with you committing sin, that Christ took all that on. Jesus said it does. He said if you commit sin, that you are slave to sin. And if you go to Romans 6.16, it says, don't you know that whoever you yield yourselves members to, servants to obey, his servants you are. In other words, if you yield yourselves servants to sin, you're a servant to sin. You are in bondage to sin. But if you yield yourselves servants of righteousness, you yield yourself of obedience unto righteousness, then you're servants of righteousness. So it's plain and clear. If you're, if you're sinning, you're a slave to sin. Matter of fact, he's trying to say that you just received Christ's righteousness and his holiness. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, it says, do not be deceived. Only the one that does righteousness is righteous as Christ is righteous, but he that sins is of the devil. Wow. Why don't Jonathan tell you the truth? Why? Well, he can't build any more campuses. He can't get any more money in. Yes. He can't do all those things. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll just go somewhere else because there's plenty of other churches that going to tell you, tell you the same rotten, filthy doctrine of this end time. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, mm-hmm. it says that the day would come, Cedric, where yes. they would not endure, endure sound, sound doctrine. You know that men would have itching ears yes. wanting to hear what they want to hear. Exactly. Some people just want to hear, hey, you're okay in your sin. Maybe that's you. I hope it's not. Mm-hmm. I hope you're really seeking God with all your heart, as it says in Jeremiah 29, 13. But we know that this is the day that we're living in. Paul said, after my departing, grievous wolves would come in among you, not sparing the flock. And he's telling us to beware of false teachers. Now, this is where I want to clear something up with you. This is important. Pay attention. This is what Jesus said. If you want to look at it for yourself, I'm going to give you the scripture in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus comes there and he says this, enter ye at the straight gate. For straight is the gate, and narrows the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. The way he's going, he's making it broad. God didn't broaden the gate. The gate is the same as it was back then as it is today. In his gate, he's saying everybody comes in because he's a false prophet. And I'm going to show you that. I'm going to prove that to you without a shout. If you want to know that Jonathan Stockstill is a false prophet with the evidence proof of the Word of God, which we've already really done in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, 5 through 9. But listen to this. Jesus comes down in verse 15. He says, beware of false prophets or teachers. Watch out for them. Okay, so we get your eyes open wide. Amen. Listen closely. Amen. Beware. You should see a big yellow sign. He says, beware of false teachers. Mm-hmm. What, how do we know if they're false teachers? They come to you in sheep's clothing. In other words, they look like they pass pastors. Oh, don't we love God? Oh God's good! Oh, just praise the Lord. They they look like they they, they look like they, they sheep. That's correct. But they but they wolves mm-hmm. and sheep's going, Well, how do you know? How can you say that? Look at the next verse. Yes. Jesus speaking now. He says, "You shall know them by their fruit." That's correct. Come on. Oh, what do you mean? Well, they they building five campuses. Look That's at all that fruit. fruit. That's not fruit. That's right. That's not fruit. Mm-hmm. So what does he say? Here's the fruit, guys. Listen closely. Yes. A good tree cannot. It's in the Bible. There it is right there. Verse 17, 18 through 20. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. In other words, a good tree cannot sin. Mm -hmm. This man is blatantly say he sinned. This scripture goes on and on here. It talks about not everyone who says, Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom of God, but only he who does the will of the father. Is sinning doing the will of the father? Is that doing the will of the father? Come on now. He says, in that day, when that day comes and you stand before God, I don't want this to happen to you. He yes. says, we don't, we don't want this to happen. Absolutely not. Because uh, there's going to be many that's going to say, Lord, have not we not it. cast out devils yes, in your name? Probably. Oh man, we're speaking the tongues. We cast out devils, we're doing all these things, doing all these miracles. Mm-hmm. Have we done all these miracles in your name? Yes. Have we prophesied in your name? Yes. Man, we got the gifts of the spirit, all this stuff. Watch out. The gifts yet. of the spirit are only to, to those who obey him. So he says, to them, Lord, they say, have we not done all these things, Lord? Mm-hmm. The Lord says to them, depart from me. I don't want you to hear those words. Mm-hmm. So please pay attention. Mm-hmm. Please do something. Get out of there before it's too late. Mm-hmm. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, you workers of sin. You got to stop the sin. Amen. You can do what Jesus said. Go a little
1: further. But we're slaves to our flesh, the things we Don't want to do we do, and the things we do want to do we don't, and often we are obedient. I'm sorry, I got, I have to keep
0: stopping this. This guy's got so much stuff that's that's against what the Word of God says. It it just blows my mind. He's quoting from Romans seven, where Paul was saying when Paul was talking about when he was lost. How do you know he was lost? Well, if you go to Romans chapter seven, verse fourteen, Paul says, "I am carnal, sold under sin." Have you ever taken the time to look up the word carnal? If you look it up in Strong's Concordance, it's easy to get. You, can, you got a Bible app. You can look it up. You know what it means? It means fleshly. It means, uh, it, 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 it means unregenerated. You know what unregenerated means? He's not born again. He's still lost. You know what fleshly means? Well, Romans 8:13, the next chapter, it says if you live after the flesh, you're going to die. You're going to hell. So he was fleshly. He was going to hell. He was carnal. He was not born again. So that's why he was saying the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing. Because that is the life of... Of a lost person. Yes. This man is admittedly saying, Jonathan saying, I'm lost, everybody, because I'm still living in Romans 7, where Paul was talking about when he was lost. I'm doing what Paul said when he was lost. That's for a lost man, not a saved man. My goodness, you don't do that. Look at Romans 8, look at Romans 6, look at all of it. He says there, sin shall not have dominion over you. He talks about the power over sin. He says to be carnal minded, to be fleshly minded, like he said in Romans 7, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You cannot please God if you're in the flesh.
2: Hallelujah. The Bible also says, too, the Bible also says, too, brother, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, it says, You that are spiritual, go and restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. That actually is the opposite yeah. of Romans chapter 7, verse 14. So if you go to Galatians chapter 6, go to your Strong's Concordance or blue letter Bible, whatever you may have, and you go and you look up that word spiritual in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, you will find that that person is, in fact, regenerated or saved, if you want to use that terminology which is the opposite of romans chapter 7 verse 14 where paul says that i am cornal. so that also shows you that the same writer who's writing romans the same writer who's writing galatians is in fact not saved in Romans 7 and in fact saved uh, in Romans 8. Look if you look at verse 1 in chapter 8 let's read it together it says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who walk uh, in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Most translations such as the NLT and other versions will leave that second part out that says who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Okay that's the next verse for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. Now I want you to watch this in verse 2 of Romans chapter 8 what you will find in most translations, that word "me" will be "you," and it says that for the law of the of the spirit of the of, of life in Christ Jesus Christ have made you free from the law of sin and death. When the context here says. Me from the law of sin and death. Why does it say that? Why is that so important? Because Paul was lost in Romans 7. He comes back in verse 1 and verse 2 of Romans 8, and he's saying, I'm now set free from condemnation. I'm now set free from the bondage of sin and death. Paul wants us to walk in victory. Paul wants us to walk in love. We know that the most excellent way is love. There's no way that we can cut this video without love. There's no way that we can convince anybody of the truth of the gospel without love. There's no possibility possible way that we can win any souls to the kingdom of God without love. And verse four, Brother Cedric also Absolutely. comes back again and says that
0: why? So that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh and after the spirit. So if you want to try to take it out of verse 1, you're going to have to pull it out to verse 4 too. And and it is in the original, in both of them really, but especially verse 4. Why is that so important? Because Paul was walking in the flesh Mm -hmm. in Romans 7. He said, I am carnal. I'm flesh now. He's walking in the flesh. But here he's saying there's no condemnation to who? Which person? The one that's walking in the flesh like he was in Romans 7? Or or is it it the person that's walking in the spirit Mm -hmm. that's pleasing God? The person that's walking in the spirit, if you walk in the flesh, if you live after the flesh, you shall die. Go ahead.
1: Slaves to our flesh. Often we're slaves to sin. Often the Bible says the God of this world, we're we're slaves. But when Christ drank the cup of bondage, it made a way for oh, us to be. If you're a slave to sin, Jonathan.
0: Man, I want to pray with you, and I need to talk to you bad. I wish I could talk to that man. Because yeah. if you're a slave to sin, you're lost. That's right. It's not me saying that. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Luke chapter 6 says, if the blind lead the blind, they both going to fall into a ditch. Yeah. He says, you hypocrite, first get the beam out of your own eye, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Before you start preaching, get that beam out of your own eye. Get that sin out of your life. Right. Because you can't help, he says, take the beam out so that you can help. Remove the moat from your brother's eye the only way you can help these people only way you can be a preacher Cedric is if you remove the beam this guy's still got a beam up in his eye. How can he see anything? You following him. He's blind. You know what's gonna happen to you. You're gonna fall in that ditch with him You got to get out of there man. Mm -hmm. This is horrible I can't go two minutes on a video without telling you something else. This is not what Bethany used to preach they have changed this thing along with a lot of these other places. They, they've gone in the wrong direction mm-hmm. because we live in the last days. You cannot trust these guys. You have to check your Bibles, guys. Hallelujah. Even when he said today, he said there were four cups. He mentioned four different cups that That's Jesus it. drank. Yeah. I went back to Exodus 6, and he said that the four cups were found in Exodus 6. There's not one cup found in Exodus 6. Why? Because he knows you probably won't even go check it out in your Bible. You won't even read your Bible. There's no cups found in Exodus 6 that talks about the cup of bondage, the cup of sanctification, all the different cups he's talking about. These are things that he's made up in his head to try to make his doctrine. He's lying to you. Yes. You need to re- read your Bible, and you yes. need to do what Jesus said to do. Go back It's just even Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Follow the teachings of Christ. The Bible says that in 1, Peter chapter, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 4, he says that if any man preach otherwise, and consent not to the wholesome words of the Lord Jesus Christ, like go and sin no more. The Bible says that, 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 and according to godliness, the Bible says that he is proud and he doesn't know anything. Jonathan, did you hear that? Yes. I didn't say that. The Bible said you don't know anything because you're preaching a different gospel than what Jesus preached. And the Bible says in Galatians 1, if any man comes to you preaching a different gospel than Christ preached, let him be cursed. That means, Jonathan, you're in sin
1: even in that. People, open your eyes, get out of there before it's too late. You're blessed. But if you don't obey the rules, you're cursed. And the bad news is not one single person can obey all the rules. So all hold of us. Hold it right there. Hold it, hold
0: it, hold it, hold it. Here we go. Cedric, he's going against what the Word of God says. I want you guys, if you've got a Bible, turn with me to Luke, Luke chapter 1. He says that nobody obeyed. That's what he said. Nobody obeyed, and nobody can obey. And then he laughs along with that, like, oh yes, we're just gonna laugh at all. Man, Jesus said to be perfect. Jesus said that. Matthew 5, 48. Jesus said to be holy. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. The Bible says in, in, in 1 John chapter 3, it says that he that knows these things purifies himself even as he is pure. The Bible says that in, in First, P- First Peter chapter two, verse twenty-one, that we are to follow His steps, who did no sin. Sin has to stop in your life. Now look what look what it says in Luke chapter one. He's saying nobody's, nobody's blameless, nobody's perfect. But here we have two people. We have we have uh Anani- we have um, Zacharias, Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth. The Bible says here that's in verse five. Verse six says, and they were both righteous. Do you know what righteous is? Righteous means blameless, holy. Without sin. Look it up. They were both blameless before, not just before men, before God, Cedric. That's right. Before God. Now, you're going to say this is wrong? You're you're going to say, now Jonathan's telling you, no, nobody could be that. Nobody's going to be that. Don't you read your Bible? Because he knows you're not reading your Bible. He says they were walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. They didn't sin that's my Bible. He said, this is wrong. He said, God's lying right here and he's telling the truth. You're believing Jonathan? He said, nobody can be perfect. You better go back and read the book of Job. Job 1.8. It says, not man said it. God said Job was perfect, upright, and, and hated evil. God said that. And in Job 1.21, he says, in all this, Job did not sin. And you're telling him, oh yes, God's lying. God's lying. God's God's saying Job didn't sin. Everybody sinned. That's what you said, Jonathan. You calling God a liar? God God told Abraham in in Genesis 17.1. He says, go and be perfect. Walk perfectly before me and you will be the father of all nations. Guess what? He was the father of all nations. Why? Because he walked perfect. God said Noah was perfect. I mean, we can just go on and on. Paul said in Philippians 3.14, he says, as many of us as be perfect, be thus mighty. He said, those things that you've seen and heard and learned of me, do, and the God of peace be with you. He said in 1 Corinthians 4:16, he said, follow my example. Be imitators of me. Is that sound like a sinful man?
2: This See, man is lying over and over again. That's correct, my brother. Listen, I also want to say as well, James, the Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 4, it says to be perfect. Another writer in the New Testament where it says to be perfect. Paul also wrote in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 28, to be perfect. All over the scriptures you will find to be perfect, to be perfect, to be perfect, over and over again. And we have to explain these things to people when we go out and share the gospel on the street. Because the first thing that comes to people's mind is nobody can be perfect because they don't understand that perfect. Perfect simply means moral excellence. When you look it up in the Greek, a moral excellence meaning you are being blameless from the heart. The Bible says in Romans chapter ten, verse ten, that we obey believe believe in simultaneous would we'll obey we believe righteousness from the heart we believe unto righteousness and so that's what we simply are meaning when we say to be perfect that's what we're simply meaning when Jesus said to be perfect however in psalms chapter 106 I want you guys to check this out in psalms chapter 106 watch this verse 3 it says blessed are they that keep the judgment and he that does righteousness at all times so not only are we supposed to be righteous, not only are we supposed to be in and out of season, we're supposed to be building righteousness at all times. That's the
0: word of God. Praise the Lord. That's the word of God. Praise God. I mean, what you going to do you know, in conclusion to this, guys, we gave you a lot of scripture, and we gave you a lot of evidence of what this man is doing. And now you're accountable. Now you can either sit there and stay under that and end up in hell, or you can get out of there and go, and, and go where you can get fed true word of God. You're welcome to come here. We're here in Only One Truth. We're in Prairieville, Louisiana. We're not far from you. We'd love to have you. Listen, and I'm not, I'm not trying to build a kingdom. I want to help you to make it to the kingdom of God. Praise That's all I want. I don't want your money. I don't want anything you have. I want your soul to be in love with Jesus Christ. I want you to fall in love with Jesus so much that you'll hate that sin instead of loving the sin and hating Jesus. You say, well, I don't hate Jesus. The Bible says that he loves those who love him. That's right. That's in Proverbs 8, verse 17. The Bible says that he loves righteousness and hates iniquity. Psalms 45, verse 7. So God wants you to fall in love with him. And he wants to love on you. He wants that real relationship with you. But you need to find out and look at yourself. If there's sin in your heart, if you've been convicted by this, and there's sin in your heart, go break down before God. Cry out to God. Man, we love you. We don't want to see you in that mess. We want to see you make it. That's the only reason we're doing this. The Bible commands us, like he said, to expose them. Ephesians 5.11 tells us, he says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. We're simply exposing this. The Bible says, like he said in 1 Timothy 5.20, he says, those that sin rebuke before all. That's what we're doing, that others may fear. I want you to fear. The fear of the Lord is the begin wisdom, beginning wisdom, and the book, the book of Proverbs 16, 6 says, "By the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil." You got to
2: depart. Amen. Come to Jesus. Before we close, my brother, would you tell them about the Ark organization? I think that's something that needs to be brought out of, of where these churches are coming from. Because it's not just Bethany; all of these churches are part of an organization called Ark. Could you help us understand that, brother?
0: Yeah, the, the, Ark is a is a um, is a umbrella that a lot of these other churches like. Um, Bethany, uh, Healing Place, International Church, Church of the King, uh, all, all these different churches are a part of, and under that umbrella, they, they help finance these churches, and, and they help plant more churches, but what they're doing is they have to fit under that umbrella of these false doctrines, so sometimes when you think, well, I'll just go over to Healing Place, or I'll just go over to this other one, you're stepping right into the same den of, den of, den of thieves and den of the devil. Of snakes, You've got to come out of all that. This was formed by, what's his name, Rico? Dino Rizzo. Dino Rizzo from, yes. uh, from Healing Place who uh, had some um, things that he was caught doing and he was e- exposed and he moved and started this organization. Now a lot of these churches are with this, so-called churches. So be careful. Don't be a part of any church that is part of ORC. You can look this up for yourself and Google it and you'll see what, what they're doing. And they have these same false doctrines that they put them all in an umbrella. Listen, we love you. We care about you. I hope you enjoyed the video. I hope it was a blessing to you. But mostly, I hope that it changed your life yes. like it did Cedric's and I. Praise God bless you. We'll sit, talk to you soon.